I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, episode 27, Can You Be Happy With or Without Money? Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Today's topic is happiness. Can we be happy with money? Can we be happy without money? Let's find out. (laughs) So we're going to dive right in today. I'm just so glad you could be with us. And if you ever have questions about money, always feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat with you about how to build that confidence with your money going forward. And if you have those specific money questions, even all the topics that we cover here may not always address the questions you have about your money. Today, I want to get started by sharing a story you might be familiar with. This story is about Ebenezer Scrooge. And I want to dive right in and talk a little bit about Ebenezer. And if you are familiar with his story in the book, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, this is the character within that story. So Ebenezer Scrooge is described as a miserly old man whose love of money has left him cold and devoid of any generosity. It's described that he's not very kind to his assistant, Bob Cratchit. He dismisses his nephew, Fred, who really is his only living relative. And he turns away anyone that asks for money and finds more solace just with himself and does not have many relationships with very many people. On Christmas Eve, he goes home and he's visited by his late partner, Jacob Marley. And he warns him that he's going to be visited by three spirits. Those spirits are the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. And he's a little confused by this. And he's like, why are these spirits coming to me? And Jacob tells him, if you don't change your ways, you might end up miserable like me. During the course of the evening, these three spirits come to visit Ebenezer. The spirit of Christmas past takes Ebenezer to some things in his past, some memories that he's had, some experiences he has lived, he saw where he was apprenticed and he was able to learn his trade in money. He saw the parties they were throwing together for Christmas for all the employees. And he was so concerned about the money they were spending instead of celebrating with those around them. And he was also brought to another memory where he had a relationship with a young woman and that relationship was falling apart because he was more concerned about money than he was about keeping up that relationship. He decided, I can't take these memories anymore. I don't want to listen to these memories anymore. And the ghost of Christmas past was saying, we were just showing you what your past was like. Then from that experience, he goes with Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas present shows him what's happening now. How are people celebrating Christmas today? And he takes him to the home of his worker, Bob Cratchit, who is his employee. Ghost of Christmas present shows him how does Bob spend Christmas? And they went to his little home. Bob is not a very wealthy individual. In fact, Ebenezer does not pay him very well. And so he was looking inside this tiny home and they didn't have very many material possessions and he could tell their clothes were well worn and they didn't have much money, but the family was happy and the family was celebrating together and they were eating their simple meal together and they were expressing how much they loved each other and how appreciative they were for everything that they had received. And Ebenezer was wondering how in the world can they be so happy with so little? Then from that experience, 
he goes Christmas future and he's put into the scene of all these different people talking about someone who had passed away. They were talking about how did all of his money go? No one really cares that he passed away, but they want to know what he did with all of his wealth. He saw another group of people talking about how they stole the bed sheets off of his bed to be able to sell for money because they were very nice sheets. And he was really kind of horrified by what he heard. He's like, how can they be so callous towards this individual? Who is this individual? And he later finds out they were talking about him and his passing and that they didn't care for his passing. They just cared more about his wealth and where he was leaving that. And he was really upset by this. And he also found out later with the ghost of Christmas future that tiny Tim, who is Bob Cratchit's son, passes away uh, due to not having what he needed. And he began to realize that his life and the way he's lived it is not the way he wanted it. And he wasn't really happy in the way he was spending his life and the lack of relationships he had in his life. He realized he needed to change. So he talked to the ghost of Christmas future and says, hey, I really want to change. I don't want to live the same way I have. I can see how my life is and I'm not happy with that. I want to change. The spirits grant him that opportunity where he wakes up, it's Christmas morning, and he has changed. And he has changed because he wants to change. And he's so excited to go out and then serve and to get to know people and to make his life a better one. And I love this quote that is from the novel. It says, he went to church and he walked about the streets and he watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. The book went to say he became a second father to Tiny Tim. He changed his ways. He gave back. He spent all of his days trying to help build others and to build those relationships going forward. And I know this is just a literary character and the characters in the story are fictional, but I wanted to share this story because we can find examples of this happening in our own lives. And for me in particular, just thinking about in all the people I've been able to work with, to be connected with, I have seen those in my life who have great worldly possessions and are very happy and enjoying their worldly possessions and enjoying actually giving away a lot of their wealth. I've also seen those with little worldly possessions and little money who love their life and are extremely happy. I've seen also millionaires who look at their money and their wealth and say, it's not enough. I need to gain more. And I've also heard and seen those and been connected with those that are struggling with money, who constantly worry and are happy with the money that they have. And I think this is so fascinating. And I look at Ebenezer Scrooge's story. And I think he was a very wealthy individual. He had lots of material possessions. He had lots of wealth. And yet he wasn't very happy. He would continually have thoughts of why are people always trying to take my money? I think in one version of the story that kind of sticks out to me is that he says, you work your whole life to make money. And then people want you to give it away. And he's so astounded by this. Like, why would I work so hard for something? Then I just give it away to people. So he was always concerned that everyone was out to get his money. And then he figured if he, the more money he made, the happier he would be. But yet he wasn't happy. And then when he looked at Bob Cratchit's family and saw that they were extremely happy with very little, they would have these great loving relationships and they would praise what they did have and were grateful for what they did have. And we're even praising 
Ebenezer saying the founder of the feast who, you know, paid that we could even eat today. And he was astounded by that. How could his family, Bob Cratchit's family be so happy with so little, even when Ebenezer decided to change and decided to use his wealth in a different way, what helped him then be happy? Because if he just gave his money away, that doesn't necessarily mean someone's going to be happy. So why are they happy? What makes them happy? What helps them have what they have and still be happy regardless? So what contributes to all people in different circumstances of life feel the way they do despite the money that they have? And what I have found over the years of study and research and from my own experiences as well is it's what they think about their situations and circumstances. What you think has a chain reaction to then what we feel, to the actions we take, and then eventually getting the results that we want. So why are they happy or not happy in their situation? Someone who has little material possessions may think, I love my life. My life is amazing. If someone's thinking their life is amazing and they love it, what do you think their results are going to be? What do you think their results are going to be? They're going to love it. They love life because they're thinking my life is amazing and I love my life. Someone maybe who has many material possessions may think it's never enough. So if they're thinking in their mind, this is never enough, I need to acquire more, then they're never going to be satisfied. They're not going to be happy because they're always thinking this is not enough. And then someone who has enough may think they're always struggling. So even if they do have enough money and thinking they're always struggling, that's always going to make them feel like they need to work harder or they need to change their situation to somehow be happy. The amazing thing here is, is that they already have the power all within themselves to be happy despite their situations. Why? Because they have an amazing brain that can think and believe anything it wants. And the same is for you too, despite your circumstances, you have an amazing brain that can think and believe anything it wants about any situation that happens. So back to Ebenezer Scrooge again, when he had lots of material wealth, he was miserable because what he thought about it. Then the very next day in Christmas, he was able to then be happy. His circumstance didn't change. He still had his money, but what he thought about and the people he thought about and the way he viewed himself with money changed. He started to say, when I give, that makes me happy. When I help others and see their happiness, that makes me happy. When I can make a difference in the world, that makes me happy. So then he started utilizing his money in such a way that changed others' lives for good. And that's what brought him that lasting happiness he was looking for. Today, I really want to share with you a vital tool I use in my coaching. And I think this could be really, really beneficial for you in the many situations and circumstances you have. And this tool is called CTFAR. And I know I've mentioned it before, but I wanted to take a little bit deeper dive today into what CTFAR is and the way it can make an impact on what you think and view about money and how that really leads to what you want to create. CTFAR stands for C is circumstance, T is your thoughts, F is your feeling, A is your actions, and R is your results. So your circumstance can be any circumstance in your life. Now I'll be sharing money examples because we're here talking about money, but you can plug any circumstance of your life into this model. And the thing you need to remember about the circumstance is that it needs to be very factual. 
it can't have a lot of embellishments. Our brains love to be a little dramatic when we're telling stories, but it needs to be very factual. So if we were going to take your situation to maybe a court of law, we would want just the facts of the situation. So everyone could agree that's exactly what happened. And the reason why we want it so factual is because then we can begin to work on how we think about it, how we feel about it, the actions we take towards it and your results. For a circumstance, if you say, I'm in a lot of debt, that is not very factual. And we'd have to define what is a lot of debt. We'd have to define, is that a lot of debt for you? Is that a lot of debt for me? Do we agree on the same thing as how much debt is? We need to find out, okay, how much debt are you in? So when you think about a circumstance in your life, try to get all the facts of the case and to not try to embellish those facts. Circumstance, instead of saying, I'm in a lot of debt, we would put the exact amount of debt that you might be in. For circumstance, you could say, I have $5,000 worth of debt as of today, because that money can flow and change very quickly. But that would be very factual. We might be able to go into look into an account that you have that says she owes or he owes $5,000 worth of debt to this company or to this person. And it's very neutral. And then you're going to have the next line of our model here, which is your thoughts about it. Your thought can be anything about this circumstance. And in fact, you're going to have many, many, many thoughts about one situation or circumstance in your life. So even just a situation, if you're $5,000 in debt, you're going to have many thoughts about that circumstance. And that's okay. We're designed to have many thoughts. But what's going to give you the most leverage in this particular model is one thought. Pick the thought that you're thinking most often or that is causing you the most difficulty or the most concern, and then work on that one particular thought. And once that thought, you've kind of worked through that and you've learned how that's creating the results in your life, then you can move on to another thought. But just thinking one thought at a time and evaluating it here is going to give you the most leverage in that situation. You have your circumstance, you're in debt $5,000 and you have a thought of, I can't pay this off. Now, when you have a thought like, I can't pay this off, how does that make you feel? How do you feel when you have that thought? And you could take a minute and really decide even in this moment of how do I feel when I think that? And really what feelings are, are vibration within our bodies. Some of them are more pleasant than others. Some can be very uncomfortable. And that's a reason why a lot of times we seek after certain feelings or we try to avoid certain feelings because how they feel within our body. But very scientifically, they are vibrations within our body. If we have a feeling of happiness that produces vibrations that are a lot more pleasant to feel. If we have a feeling of shame, that's going to produce a very uncomfortable feeling within our bodies that we don't usually like feeling. So we try to avoid things like shame or guilt or sadness. But in this case, having a, that one thought you're examining, figure out what's one thing you're feeling about that thought. And it usually is going to be the most connected feeling to that thought. So if you have a thought, I can't pay the $5,000, I can't pay this back. What is your feeling? Maybe it's overwhelm. Maybe that is the feeling that's sticking out most to you is overwhelm. And we just want to pick one feeling. Once again, the more simple we make this model, the easier it is to work through and determine how we can produce the results we want to in our lives. From overwhelm, if you can think what overwhelm may feel like to you, 
what actions, sometimes inactions, do we take when we're feeling overwhelmed? For me, I know that I can tell from my experience, sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, I have lots of thoughts spinning in my head and I kind of sit in thoughts and sit in my worry. If we could see what that looks like, I might be sitting in a chair, I might be in my bed, I might be just kind of sitting there looking and contemplating, but really not taking much action towards improving my situation or my circumstance. So when I'm in overwhelmed, I might just say stuck in my thoughts and just think over and over things in my head, but it's really not getting me to any actions that get me to where I want to be. Another action that you might take is if you're feeling overwhelmed, sometimes it's easy to push even worrying or thinking about your circumstance to us to the side. If we are saying, okay, I'm in debt $5,000. Sometimes we're like, okay, I'm not going to look at that account anymore. <laughs> it's just too overwhelming. I'm not even going to pay attention to it. And maybe I can circle back to that later. That might be an action where you actually avoid taking action. You avoid looking at the circumstance. You avoid doing anything about it because you have that feeling of overwhelm. Another action you may take is you might take frantic action. You might take action and say, okay, I know I got to do something about this. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Maybe I will hurry and put some money towards it. And what may happen is, is if you don't have that worked out on how you're going to make that happen, you might be putting small amounts of money here and there, but it's really not getting you consistently to your goal. And it might even be disrupting other payments and things you have in your life. So you might be taking frantic action, trying to get to your goal. And on paper, it may look like you're going towards your goal, right? You're paying some of that debt off. But if it's haphazard action, it may not be getting you the results that you're looking for. So once again, if your circumstance is, I'm in debt, $5,000, you have a thought, I can't pay this back. You have a feeling of overwhelmed. You're taking actions and inactions that may or may not be getting you the results you are. But in this circumstance, what results are you creating for yourself? What's happening? Your result really is all of the culmination of everything you've done here in this model. So from those actions or inactions, you create the result that you're not paying off this debt. It's a lot easier to see this when you write this down on paper with any of the circumstances or thoughts or feelings or actions and results that you're taking. When you write this down, it's amazing the awareness it can bring to you and in your life and in those situations. So you might write down these things and go, oh my goodness, my result from all the things I'm doing really is I'm not getting me to where I want to be and closer to my goals. I'm going to give you a couple more examples that you might have seen in your life and maybe some that it's a little easier to relate to. So for example, if we have a circumstance and this can happen on a daily basis of I spent a certain amount of money to XYZ store. <laughs> so you could say I spent $100. So we could probably see the receipts very neutral. Yep, you spent $100. You might have the thought I wasted money. And from that thought, you might feel the feeling of shame. I wasted my money. That feels shameful. You may have those actions then you take or inactions. Hide your purchase. Avoid money conversations. Judge yourself. How often do we do that? We judge ourselves from the thoughts we're thinking and thinking, oh, you know, I did something wrong. I was terrible. Why did I do this? And what is your result? Not just feeling like you're wasteful in your money, but wasteful in your time and your energy because you're spending all this time and energy worrying about the money that you spent and feeling bad for the money that you spent. Now, if we take that exact same circumstance, but what if we change the thought? And I want you to really feel like, what would that feel like? Because if we take the thought, I wasted money, even if we talk about it right now and you think the thought, I wasted money, how does that feel to you? 
what does that feel like inside? For me, it feels, it's not a great feeling, right? So you probably feel, I feel a little bit of shame. Say, oh, you know, that doesn't feel very good. But we take the same circumstance. I spent a hundred dollars. We had the thought, I spent my money wisely. Just saying that different thought, how does that make you feel? I spent my money wisely. I put the feeling of content. That was the feeling that came to me is that I feel content. I spent my money wisely. Now, when you feel content, what actions are you going to take? You might share your purchase with others and say, look at the way I was able to spend my money. I feel so good. Or you might not worry about the purchase you made because you feel like you spent it wisely. You allow your mind to focus on other areas of your life. You don't stay stuck in worrying about that purchase you made. You allow yourself to focus on other things going forward. And what is your result? You wisely use your time and energy to help you move forward. And so you can see just from the differences there in those two examples, we could have the same exact circumstance, but what we think about it completely changes the rest of the model going forward and completely changes our results. And I'm not saying to then go ahead and just be happy in every situation and think positively in every situation going forward. Because guess what? We're not robots. (laughs) We're not meant to think just everything's roses and it's happy all the time. That's not the way we were designed. We were designed to have many different emotions. And there's going to be times in our lives when we want to feel other emotions that may not always be positive. And you can think and feel any way you want to about any situation or circumstance. And you're going to want to feel those emotions. Like for example, what if you spend a gift on somebody and you gave it to them and they did not like that gift? You may want to feel sad about that and that's okay. You're probably not going to want to feel happy and say, this was great. (laughs) I'm so glad that they didn't like the gift I got. No, that's not how we're going to want to feel. We might want to feel sad and maybe even disappointed and that's okay. And I want to make sure we realize here that it's not just about thinking positive and happy thoughts all the time. But what we do want to focus on are all of those thoughts and those feelings and actions you're taking, keeping you stuck from moving forward to what you want to create. And this is what is going to be the key here, because you're going to have circumstances that come up, maybe that are unexpected. You're going to make all sorts of decisions with your money and you're going to have to decide, okay, how do I feel about that decision? How did I feel about that choice with my money? What about that unexpected bill that comes in? In any of those things, you can feel and believe and think anything that you want about those. But if they're keeping you stuck, you may want to take a deeper dive, even writing down that model on a piece of paper in front of you to say, okay, look, this was my circumstance. This was how I thought about it. This is how I feel about it. This is the actions they took and look at your results. And is that helping you build the life you want to moving forward? So I want you to be aware of a few things to help you see if you're staying stuck in your circumstances and your thoughts and your feelings to see if that's something you would like to change. So are you worrying continuously without different results? Do you find yourself just spinning all the time in your thoughts, but no real change is being made? This could show you that you're stuck and you may want to examine what you're thinking and seeing if there's something you want to change there to help you move forward. Do your actions not align with your goals? I think this is really important when we were talking about taking actions and sometimes frantic actions, it may look like you're taking actions towards what you want to create, but it's not having the lasting change and impact that you want. So that's another reason why you want to look at those and saying, am I getting to the life I want to create? Am I taking the action steps to get there? And then the last thing here is, do you see a pattern in your results with money? 
do you see that you keep staying in debt? If it's a pattern that is not getting you the results that you're looking for, you might want to look at that pattern and say, okay, this is not getting the results that I want. How do I want to look at my thoughts and my feelings? And do I want to change those so I can produce different results in my life? And I really love this last quote by Abraham Lincoln. And he said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Well, how do we create our future? How do we create our results? And if we go backwards through that model, how we create that is by the actions we take from the feelings we have, from the thoughts we think. So you really are in control to create the future you want to have. And it's just paying attention to what are we thinking, feeling, and taking action towards? And is that getting us the results we want in our lives? So I hope you feel a little more inspired to then create the future you want because you already have the power within you to change it. You have the power within you to really create any future that you want because you have the ability to think and believe any way you want to about the circumstances that happen in your life. Thank you for joining me today. I love talking about this. And if you are noticing in your life that you are not able to create the results that you want and you want help doing so to create the abundance you're looking for, join me on Create Confidence with Your Money. This course is going to help you walk through creating those results for you in your life. You can find it at amberpetersoncoaching.net forward slash courses. And I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for joining me today. Please let me know if you have any questions or ideas of things you want to learn about in upcoming podcast episodes. You can reach me by email at amberpetersoncoaching at gmail.com. And if you find this podcast to be beneficial and is supporting you in your goals, please leave a review. That way others can find this podcast as well. I appreciate you and look forward to taking this journey together.